My mother believed and my father believed that if I wanted to be president of the United States, I could be, I could be vice president. This is America. Former Vice President Joe Biden has been elected president of the United States. It is my greatest honor and privilege to have been your president. We will be back in some form. We are still deeply divided. Public health experts warned this was coming unless more was done. And here we are now. Are you proud of what happened here today? Absolutely. Never before in American history has there been an uprising like this. Of the 75 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump, I don't know how many today are feeling, dear God, what was I thinking? But I would wager a lot more are thinking, let's carry on this fight. Character matters. It matters. Tell them the truth matters. The 21st century is going to be the American century. Because we lead not only by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. That is the history of the journey of America. 269 days until the US decides who will be their next president. And one thing looks certain, it won't be Nikki Haley. This week in Nevada, she didn't just lose to a man currently under investigation for everything but jaywalking. She lost to the none of these candidates option. It's pretty embarrassing. Marion McKeown of the Sunday Business Post is here as always to help us sift through the latest news from America. This week, though, Marion, we're also joined by a very special guest. It's his first time on the podcast. I can't wait to hear his contributions. It's a rat. Yesterday at 3 p.m. Eastern, Tina, my wife, discovered a rat in our office. Oh, no. she, <laughs> I know she calmly I screamed as loud as she could. I wasn't I here at the time. Later. And she carefully bolted from the premises faster than Mike Johnson after a standalone bill had been defeated. Oh, uh, it, it's the only time I'd ever meet Sonia Sullivan in a race, I can tell you, if there was a rat behind us. <laughs> when questioned about the incident, she described the rat as being as big as a rabbit. <laughs> Oh my God. And she now refuses to enter the office, and I am surrounded by rat traps, poison of all kinds. Oh my like God. a Hanna Barbera kind of cartoon set up here. So if you hear a snap or a bang or a squeal at some point, that is my rodent co host. <laughs> we, we live in the. I, yeah. Glad you're laughing because I am several thousand miles away from you, and I am feeling terrified. Just oh. know, you know, anything except a rat. Anything. Yeah, it's the, I'm, I'm like those people who voted for anything but Nikki Haley. Anything, <laughs> yeah, anything. anything but a rat. I, yeah. I literally, you know, I actually walked into the path of a lion when I was in Africa at one point, like straight into his path. And I was nervous, but I wasn't freaked. I came across a rat once in Mayo and I nearly had a stroke. I literally <laughs> nearly had a stroke. I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah, they're just so unpredictable. That's oh, the other thing. Yeah, it's like, what, are, what oh. is he doing when we're not here? You know, but how, what, why channels. are you so calm? What's wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I grew up on a farm myself and rats were all over the shop. Oh, uh, no. We obviously are in the countryside here in Ireland. You know, we've never had a rat in the office. Maybe, maybe the rat knows something we don't know. You arrived back to the worst rain LA has seen in 40 years, Marion. Now, Los Angeles, as we know, deal very badly with the rain. So oh, you never can tell when they complain about the rain. They're if it's actual to... rain, this looks yeah, pretty serious. This time though. there is. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this thing is called an atmospheric river. And there's also a 
complicating factor called a pineapple express, which is also the name of a very popular brand of cannabis in California. But anyway, between the three of them, (laughs) including the popular brand of cannabis, I suspect most people are just staying in at the moment. It's now there have been the fire brigade as of about four hours ago, they'd been called out to about 350 mudslides because, you know, in LA, I just came back from, from DC, by the way, where the sky was blue and pristine and everything was just impeccable. But in LA, they um, so many of the little houses are built up into the Hollywood Hills. And mm-hmm. there are lots of, it's part of the charm and the beauty of LA. And really, it's, it's a very beautiful city for people who haven't been here and really charming. But you've got all these little houses and no two are anything alike. And they're kind of dug into the, the Hollywood Hills and the mountains. And But when it rains and when it comes down like this, everything just slides. So I was in Laurel Canyon for quite a while, a beautiful little house there. But now, like, and my favorite place in LA is the Canyon Country Store, where I still go for my coffees most mornings when I'm in LA. And um, now the whole thing is just one big mudslide the whole way down. Um, like houses have been, a lot of the old houses, trees have fallen on the roofs or cars just floating by on the street at the moment with nobody driving them that I can see. Uh, so it really has, LA has taken a pounding. It's been described as a once in a thousand year event. Uh, now, most of it is over, I think, as of the time we're speaking now, but they they are expecting more damage. And, uh, you know, there was no rain here for, I think, about four years. It was an utter drought. And this year, so far, there have been, I think, seven or eight of these atmospheric rivers, which is the equivalent of if you took a giant basin of water, basically, and just turned it upside down. Wow. It's wow. basically that. And does it does it bring up questions around uh, global warming, climate change? Oh, course, and yeah, does yeah. it do, like as it as in does it make that a bigger election issue, or is it still the economy stupid, no matter well, what? In in California, like Gavin Newsom has been. And before him, Jerry Brown, California has been all over climate change. They've led the country in as much as the country will budge on this. But they have, they've been at the forefront of the battle against climate change for decades. And really, you know, things like bringing in, um, sort of regulations. Now, obviously, LA is a very car heavy city, but bringing in regulations in California, like to clean up the air, and it's really worked. The air quality in LA now is so much better than it was 20 years ago. It would be almost now, if not on a par with Dublin, but pretty close. You know, it would be, it would be normally in the good category. Uh, so, so it's, and um, they've done, they've really done a lot of stuff, but you know, you cannot, have one state dealing with climate change in isolation, the rest of America needs to buy in. And it's still very, very patchy here. And of course, there, you'll hear no argument in California that this isn't because of climate change. But it's also quite welcome because the drought has been, you know, b- before this once in a thousand year um, event, California was in the worst drought for 1200 years. I'm not quite sure how they measure these things. Something yeah. to do with rings and trees, I assume. But, but, um, so, that drought has been broken now and um, I think everybody's very grateful for it but as well 
when this part of the world, you know, around LA gets some rain, it just becomes glorious because the wildflowers and the mountains and the foliage and everything just takes off and it really becomes very beautiful. So I think most people feel it's kind of a small price to pay, although you wouldn't know that to talk to them. But as I say at the moment here, there's nobody on the streets, there's nobody driving, everybody is I don't know where they are. <laughs> They're not out, yeah. that's for sure. They they don't do bad weather here very well. I have a few friends over there in LA and they always laugh about the response to rain and how oh, it's not safe to drive. And you're that's talking right. out there as an Irish person going, it's drizzle. <laughs> yeah, it's drizzle. Um, it is, look, I'm kind of going around a little bit here because anything to t- but to talk about the absolute shit show that's taking place on the hill at the moment let's first talk about taylor swift heading to the super bowl but if you'll believe the right wing conspiracy theorists it's the democratic party who have scored the touchdown uh, what what is this idea that the us defense department is attempting to manipulate the psychology of people so that they'll vote for Joe Biden. Can you break this down for us? Oh my God, dear God, where do you go with it? Um, Okay, let's, let's start with the most recent development, which was in the last couple of days, a spokesperson for the Department of Defense has come out and said, we are not using Taylor Swift as part of a psychops like a, psych- a psychological operation. We're not smart enough. <laughs> and okay, it's a little tongue in cheek, but at the same time, they have had to come out before and say, Taylor Swift is not working for the Department of Defense. She's not one of our people out there. She's not doing things for us because at the moment, there's something about the, the um, MAGA base that cannot comprehend. It makes their head explode that you have this billionaire phenomenon, this businesswoman and pop star and icon who runs her own stuff, who takes no crap from anyone, you know, who who is a businesswoman as well as being a pop icon and a very, very good one, um, and who's going out with the hottest thing in NFL football, allegedly, I wouldn't know, (laughs) but I'll take whosoever word for it that he is, um, and that the only thing that can be going on here, because... um, Travis Kelsey, that is his name, isn't it? Yes. Or is it? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Tight so, end for the Chiefs. Thank you. Because I'm <laughs> at the Kansas City Chiefs, am I yes, right? Yes, you got okay. in there. Okay. Good. And they are in the Super Bowl final. They are. Now, all of these things have been put together because about a year and a half ago, uh, he did an ad encouraging people to get COVID vaccinations, saying, you know, he's a hugely popular guy in the NFL, saying, get a vax, get a vax, you know, makes sense, etc. That immediately turned him into a communist, a hippie communist um, infiltrator of America. Uh, now, Taylor Swift um, has a, a while ago, about a month ago, maybe said to her Swifty gang out there who are number, I mean, she's got about 550 million followers on Twitter. So there's a lot of them out there. And she said, register to vote. Just make sure you vote. She didn't say vote for Joe Biden. She certainly yeah. didn't say vote for Donald Trump. She said register and vote. And that demographic would be the 18 to 24s, the people that Joe Biden cannot get out for love mm. or money, but who Donald Trump is getting out more of, weirdly, because you've got a lot of these young guys in slim suits who are these angry new conservatives who are kind of almost fetishized 
fetishizing Donald Trump. So mm. anyway, Taylor Swift said, get out and vote. And apparently, not get out and vote, registered vote. And apparently over the next couple of weeks, about like definitely well over 100,000 people did of her little Swifties did register to vote. So you put it all together, you have um, her boyfriend, fiance, whatever he is in the Super Bowl. Now she's not playing at the halftime. Usher's playing halftime. She's allegedly going to be in Japan, but apparently she's going to be flown back from Japan by Elvis in his UFO. And she's going to land just in time. And she and Travis Kelsey are going to get engaged or married or something at the halftime show. And then they are going to go and campaign for Joe Biden. And they're also going to cast a spell on the whole of America that's watching. Something's going to be beamed into every pair of eyeballs that will make them go in November and vote for Joe Biden. And also Travis Kelsey is really a giant lizard. So <laughs> are just some of the bits of the conspiracy theories that I've been picking up. And I did not make up one of them, except for, did I make up Elvis? No, there was definitely an Elvis in there somewhere. There was definitely an Elvis. He's in Japan. That's right. Elvis is in Japan. It is just clickbait, right? It is just some conspiracy theorist thinking, look, if I put these, line these dots up, people will click. And they totally well, have. Yes and no, there is a real rage and frustration amongst the the MAGA base at Taylor Swift. They absolutely hate her. They hate her because she's a hugely successful woman. As I said, they hate her because she doesn't take too much crap from anyone. And they they, they just, they she's everything they despise and she speaks out on issues and, you know, she says what she thinks, etc., etc. And she's kind of their worst nightmare. A woman who doesn't just make more than them, who makes more than they and their entire family and their entire state and their entire will ever make in their entire lifetimes and and it, they just and the fact that she's because the NFL has always been Trump property do you remember Trump with the taking a knee and he went after Colin Kaepernick and he really acted like the owner of the NFL these are my boys the owner the team owners were his buddies and now it's like oh my god when did the NFL go Democrat and it's all because of this Taylor Swift busybody meddling woman and that weirdo boyfriend of hers who is really a lizard not a football player and you know so it's they're really it, it's sort of driving them nuts and they can't figure it out and how did this happen so it has everybody and of course the Super Bowl's on Sunday so we'll see you know there's talk that she'll fly home from Japan to be there for her boyfriend which I'm sure if you could do you would do she has her own plane why not yeah. but um but if she doesn't make it well so what you know um, but but there's this big thing that she's going to turn up and, and something's going to happen and also of course that um the whole thing has was be was rigged by the NFL for mm. the the, the Kansas Chiefs to get it? to the finals. That they yeah. that it was all to sell tickets and blah 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 and promote Taylor Swift's career and you know like just just crazy stuff really. Well, less crazy is President Biden's campaign starting to ridicule Donald Trump on his very own Truth Social, the social media platform <laughs> he started on Wednesday. <laughs> Biden Harris HQ posted a campaign video alongside the message, have you seen this new ad <laughs> at real Donald Trump? <laughs> now, the video, I'll have to play it here for you. You will. Uh, because I really thought if we're in Super Bowl week and we're talking strategy, the strategy seems pretty obvious. Let's take a listen. Donald Trump is truly confused. Nikki Haley 
is in charge of security. We offered her 10,000 people. They don't want to talk about that. He didn't just get me confused. He mentioned it over and over and over again. He's not what he was in 2016. He has declined. That's a fact. I mean, we won last time. We won 50 states, right? This is not Donald Trump of 2016, guys. What? What is? If he's off the teleprompter, he can barely keep a, co- a cogent thought. I mean, that's just fact. We are an institute and a powerful death penalty. We will put this on. I think he's declining. I stumbled and mumbled purposely. I do speak in long, complex sentences. I have a lot of material in each sentence. You have voter ID to buy a loaf of bread. You have, you have ID to buy a loaf of bread. Have you noticed? He's a little confused these days. A person close to Trump actually says that he's rattled by Biden's efforts to get under his skin. Marion, he has clearly figured out that going after this guy on the basis of the issues may not be the wisest strategy. Would you agree that this might be the beginning of an attempt to just rattle the man? That if you could just get him rattled... He, yeah. he won't be able to throw the football. Well, I think that's exactly what it is that we have seen when Donald Trump loses his cool, that he just becomes, you know, he's not able to function. He just becomes this sweating, shouting, shaking, giant orange wobbly thing. And it's not edifying and it's not, you know, attractive and it's not charismatic and it's certainly not presidential. And I think that, You know, Nancy Pelosi was the past master at doing this. And she and Biden are pretty good buddies. And I don't know if there wasn't a little word in from Nancy, because do you remember, Jonathan, I know we spoke about before, when Donald Trump got COVID, Nancy Pelosi, she never lost an opportunity to enrage Trump. And she would do it. She'd stick the shiv in, in the most subtle way. And you wouldn't even know she'd done it until you saw his head explode. And I do remember one time in Washington when he had COVID and she was doing a kind of a press gag along the hill. And we were saying, oh, you know, do you know um, about President Trump COVID? And she went, oh, yes. And, you know, I'm so worried about him. And I'm really praying for him because, of course, as we all know, he is morbidly obese. And that makes him so much more dangerous. (laughs) And and you knew she was saying that to just wind him up. Well, the guy thinks he looks like Elvis. Like that's Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, But this uh, this ad, I mean... Like it does point out, some, I'm getting your throat now, Marion. Um, it does point out a few things that I don't think people have lined up properly. Uh, does it actually have an impact or a power? Do you do you think it's actually worth something outside of pissing them off? Do you think it it's possible that this has an actual this kind of campaigning has an impact? I don't know. You know, Biden. Biden isn't that funny. Now, I think that, you know, and okay, I think, you know, hitting Trump on being confused and all that is, you know, it's, I think it's clever, but I, I think you've got to be nimble on your feet as well to carry that kind of thing off. You know what I mean? Mm. I, I think it's no harm for him to troll him at all and just say converts welcome and all that. And I think it is very funny in itself. And I think it's smart, but I, I don't know. 
that Biden doesn't have that sort of, Obama was quite good at that, and that kind of, you know, sort of arch, kind of slightly taking the mick and, you know, chilled with it. And as I say, Pelosi had that mischievous sense of humor where she knew more than anybody had to get under Trump's skin. Um, I don't think Kamala Harris does. And I, I think that Biden is quite easily rattled himself. I mean, I you know, he, he's not a very accomplished performer. So I really don't know. I think with Biden, what happened today in, in the House or what's happened with the immigration has indirectly given Biden the gift that he needed, weirdly, to go after Trump. But I think he will be going after more on the issues because Trump's only issue is basically the border and how he is being persecuted and just like Jesus Christ, they're coming after him because he wants to save all the MAGA people and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't really, I, I think I know, and I was talking to somebody who is working on the Biden campaign, and they said that they're very concerned that um, Trump this time around has got a really good online game, apparently. And um, he's going to all those far-right sites where young conservatives hang out and young white supremacists mainly, let's call them what they are, and they're putting ads there and they're connecting with them there. They're going to where you know these people are hanging out anyway. Um, and this Democrat that I spoke to said, Biden hasn't got a game yet for younger um, voters, right. that yeah. they're not going to the sites where they might be, they're not trying to find them, that he's still almost doing the old TV ads and billboards. That, mm, that which nobody looks at or watches. Yeah, that the campaign really isn't targeting the demographic groups. Now, I know that um, David Plouffe and Dave Axelrod, who were Obama's kind of whiz kids back in 2008, um, and who've now become very wealthy individuals, particularly David Fluff, um, are, are saying, look, you know, he's going to have to sharpen his game. We're not seeing any sign of an online game that's in any way effective. So maybe this truth social is the start of something that they're going to maybe mm. push out more. And it's always good to use humor. You know, it's it's yeah, always yeah. good. It always helps. Well, it, it is like, I know I'm biased and I, I do believe in this more than others, but you know, in a time when people are switched off, and we've discussed it yeah. so many times, the you know, the general malaise and fatigue, disgruntlement, whatever you want to call it, with the establishment and the system, it, it is kind of coming around the houses. It is sliding the medicine in with the spoonful of sugar. That if it can yeah. be done well, it gets much more traction. A funny video oh, yeah. will get much more traction than a political video. It's time to talk about what happened when you referenced what is actually taking place in terms of this bill being defeated can you break it down for the uninitiated who is maybe a little bit cheesed off with what keeps happening uh, what took place right. this week and the implications for the months to come okay well what happened was last october uh, joe biden wanted money for ukraine he wanted money for Ukraine, and then immediately after the October 7th attacks by Hamas, um, he wanted money for Israel. He went to Congress and he said, we need to pass a bill. The bill was $104 million in billion, I beg your pardon, dollars in total. And he said, we need to pass this bill, and it's for Ukraine, and it's for Israel, and it's for Taiwan, and there's also a big humanitarian, 10 billion or so humanitarian aid in there. And we have to pass this because this is really important, because if we don't help Ukraine, we're effectively helping Putin. 
you know, if we're, if we're not with Zelensky, we're with Putin. And the House saw an opportunity to tie Biden up in knots. Magic Mike or Maga Mike Johnson had just taken over and he said, no, 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 no. We are not doing anything unless it's tied to a bill which will address the border, the border crisis. So Biden went back and he went back to Chuck Schumer, in the, who's the Senate leader, and he said, basically, what can we do about this? Anyway, long story short, what happened was a, a, a senator, a conservative senator, Jim Langford from Oklahoma, got together with uh, Kirsten Sinema, who's the sort of quasi-independent for Arizona, and also Chris Murphy from Connecticut, a Democratic senator. And they worked extremely hard on a bipartisan border bill because Mike Johnson said the only way we're passing aid to Ukraine is if it's tied directly to a bill which will address the border. So that is exactly what they did. The Repu Republicans and Democrats together drafted a bipartisan bill that would, uh, it was at 180, it went up to about $118 billion, yeah. but it included in that $20 billion for the border, which included um, a whole range of really effective methods, obviously more technology to watch, to monitor who's coming over, but also more judges, um, more manpower, more, you know, it, it would basically expedite the whole asylum process, um, more centers, and just streamline the whole thing, make it much more efficient. It wouldn't be foolproof, but it would in a big way address it. Coupled with that, then you would have a situation which, really for the Democrats to agree to it was, I was kind of surprised that if the border crossings reached 5,000 a day, Biden could arbitrarily then shut down the border or indeed any other president who followed Biden and say, right, that's enough, hold up there, hold up there. And we're not letting any more of you in until we've dealt with this back backlog. So there were a whole number of things that were considered very conservative for Democrats to sign on to. But anyway, they did it. So they went back on Sunday. The whole bill was completed. Mitch McConnell, who we know is the weaselly um, Senate major minority leader, he's the Republican leader in the Senate, uh, who has locked horns with Trump repeatedly. The two of them despise each other. Anyway, McConnell came out repeatedly and said, we have to pass this bill. We've got to get aid to Ukraine. This is really important. It's addressing the border. It's getting aid to Ukraine. And then somebody obviously thought, well, hang on then. What's Trump going to run on? And of course, that somebody was Donald Trump, because the only thing he has to run on is the border's a mess. The border's a mess. Look what Biden's doing. The border's a mess. And we're going to impeach. And I'll get on to that in a moment. The mm. Homeland Security Secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas. And oh, my God, look at the border. So as it turned out, then the, the House Democrats realized that if they they basically couldn't take yes for an answer. So the Democrats said, okay, you know what, fine, here's your border bill. We've given you pretty well everything you asked for. Now let's sign it. And now let's put all this in place. And now let's get the money to Ukraine. But then Biden would be going into the election with a bipartisan victory on the border, the first border legislation in 38 years. So obviously Trump was not going to have that. So Mike Johnson then went and said, it's dead on arrival. Even though it was everything Mike Johnson had demanded, he wasn't even going to bring it to the floor. And then bizarrely, three hours after Mitch McConnell came out and made a speech saying, we've got to pass this bill, he came back out and said, this bill is dead. So, you know, the cynicism, 
the cowardice and the cravenness of all these Republicans who have been going down to the border and having their photographs taken down there. And look at this mess. Look at what Biden has done. Look what he's doing. He's letting in terrorists every day. It's an emergency. And now apparently it's not such an emergency because it can wait until 2025. Yeah. So, it's it's just, but I think, you know, I don't know if Biden is this clever. I have a theory. Okay, so I have a theory that Biden and the Democrats knew all along that Republicans would never pass this. So they were quite safe to agree to everything, knowing mm. it was never going to be passed. Really? And I think that that may be part of the gamut. And then that they could go to the electorate and it's a kind of a double bluff and go, look, you see, we were there. We wanted to sign this bill because Biden said three separate times, send it to my desk and I will sign it immediately. He didn't even say there were no qualifications. There was no if, buts or maybes. There was no if you leave that out or you put that in. He just said, send me the bill and I will sign it. And now he's still saying it. He said it again today. And But it's the Republicans now who are blocking border reform, not the Democrats. So they've kind of flipped the switch there. Now, I don't know if they'll be able to sell that to the electorate, but at the moment, the Republicans are looking very, very cynical and very ineffective. And once again, the Republican Congress, that you know, they, they have a slenderous majority in the House, is looking like not just a do-nothing Congress, but a do-harm Congress, a mm. screw-it-up Congress, a, a Congress that will not let things progress, that will not work for the American people. And Biden, in a pretty hard-hitting speech, said over and over, I just want to work for the American people. I'm working for you, but the Republicans are working for Donald Trump. That's all they're doing. They're just working for Donald Trump and they're scared of Donald Trump and they won't work for you because they're too scared of Donald Trump. Now, that's a pretty damning message to yeah. take out. And if Biden can sell that effectively and if the Democrats can say, look, we worked with them on the bill, we gave them everything they wanted and they walked away. You know, then they cannot reasonably keep blaming the Democrats if it's the Republicans who are refusing to sign a bill on the border. So yeah, I don't know they'll how they'll find a way. That, that's the only thing I always think is they'll figure out some sort of version of it. It doesn't mean, need to be connected to reality. When I was watching Mitch McConnell, uh, yep. you know, wring his hands and you know say how woe is me. All I could think was, how is this guy still in there? Now, Ted Cruz has come out and you know called the mismanagement of this border security and Ukraine funding package uh, another reason that Mitch McConnell needs to step down. How uh, much traction will that get? And how likely are we to see this man take his retirement? Well, I think he will. I think there's no doubt he's completely disempowered. There's a behind the scenes struggle to become the next Senate leader. And it's basically between Ted Cruz, who everyone hates, and Josh, Josh Hawley, who everyone also hates, albeit not as much as Ted Cruz. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think that one of those two and probably Josh, Josh Hawley or, you know, I mean, Rick Perry, various other people have tried to become the, the Republican Senate leader. But but certainly Mitch McConnell has lost control of the 
Republican Senate. They, of, of, you know, half of them absolutely despise him and they are taking their cue from Trump and the half who don't despise him are concerned about him. They think he's too old. They think he's completely ineffective. And to see him, and not only that, you know, you can be old and you can be frail, but you can still have moral fiber. And to see the way he literally stuck that little tortoise head back under the shell and, and just, you know, went back on everything he had said and caved so easily. It was just like, you know, you don't have to agree with a leader if you believe that they believe what they're saying, you know. And I think that Donald Trump, weirdly for his people, has that authenticity. They believe him. They believe that he believes what he's saying. And he probably does in the moment he says it. But uh, yeah. Mitch McConnell just seems like the ultimate cynic who will just play all the angles, see which way the wind is blowing, and that you cannot trust his word. He came out on Sunday and said he and Chuck Schumer had never worked harder than they worked together on this bill. Like He took ownership of this bill, and then he literally slithered away from it on, on the, you know, outside the Senate chamber today. And it, what you know, a just, guy. <laughs> it's, it's just, honestly, and you do, everybody up there, you know, when I was up there was saying, what have they got on him? What have they yeah. got on him? And I don't even think it is that, although who knows, but I think that he just, we saw the way he is a man who is absolutely lacking in principle and in, in integrity of any form. We saw it when he refused to let Merrick Garland's nomination for the Supreme Court go through because it was an election year, and then he rammed through um, Amy, Amy, uh, goodness, I forgot, Amy, Amy Comey. Um, after, yeah, Amy after, Comey Barrett. Yeah. Yeah, Amy Comey Barrett. So, you know, I mean, he has no integrity and he has no word, and the way they probably shouldn't be surprised that he... Um, went back on his word because he is so unprincipled. But even for him, it was pretty shameful, I thought. Well, we've an awful lot more to get through in the second half of my conversation with Marion, including Tucker Carlson has confirmed an interview with Vladimir Putin. We've got to talk about yes. that. We definitely need to talk about, is this the end for Nikki Haley? Uh, there's a ton of news that we've got to get to. And the only way to hear it is over on patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad. I will be in Leicester. Uh, well, no, wait, that gig has happened by the time you hear this. I'll be in Birmingham tonight. <laughs> if you want to pop along, there's a couple of back row seats in the balcony left for the old rep theatre in Birmingham. Sadly, both shows in Kilkenny, the early and the late show, are sold out this Saturday. But there's a few tickets left for Bray on the 15th. If you've still not got your Valentine's gift sorted out, there's a couple of tickets left there and a couple of tickets left in Bristol for the 17th. Uh, Marion, thank you so much for this, and we'll see you guys over on Patreon. We'll be right back after this commercial break. At White House Senior Living... Our residents feel right at home. Our vibrant facility offers delightful activities and outings, round-the-clock professional care, and exquisite house-made meals. Well, I've been eating everything that's put in front of me. But I've been eating all, all Italian food, basically. And ice cream. And ice cream. Chocolate chip ice cream. White House Senior Living, where residents feel like presidents. Ready? You have the cameras rolling? This is America. A lot of people 
who would probably consider themselves liberal, have done very well financially under the Donald Trump four years. You encourage espionage against our people. You condemn any interference by Russia in the American election. By Russia or anybody else. Russia, please, if you can, get us Hillary Clinton's emails. Please, Russia, please. To renew America, we must revitalize our democracy.